Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Kathleen. And hello, listener. Welcome back to Old Hollywood Realness. Yes. The podcast that celebrates all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Mm -hmm. I'm Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Nall. And um, yeah, we're coming at you. It's uh, Old Hollywood Realness After Dark, you know, one of our our evening sessions. I've (laughs) cracked an IPA. Living my best life. On a school night, no less. I know, right? Wow. (laughs) We're really living life on the edge, aren't we? On the edge. On the edge. All up on it. (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah. Have you been, Kathleen? What's new? What's happening? What's Uh, (laughs) popping? Gosh. uh, Let's see. Uh, I've been good. I guess, uh, you know, I've been... uh, Going to the beach, which I guess Ooh. is unusual for most, because it's like October and junk. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's been good. Right. Uh, just been doing that. Been um, working on my Halloween costume and doing a little like fall spring cleaning and all that, yeah. which it's uh, which is like always ongoing. But yeah, yeah. What about you? Right. Well, you know, I was going to ask, have you done any traveling recently? <laughs> oh well, there's that. <laughs> Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to go visit you. That's right. And um, that's when we saw this amazing movie mm-hmm. on your big ass TV. Oh. That was new. <laughs> What's new? Um, <laughs> that's right. You did. Um, we, um, Kathleen came and visited Seattle. And we didn't leave the apartment not one time. Not really. No. <laughs> we go and no. got coffee. <laughs> Which yeah. was nice. Oh, it, and that time I went and we, we stopped at that Goodwill and I got that amazing fabric. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. Guys, pro tip, go to the linen sections of Goodwill because you might find yourself some amazing vintage fabric like I did. Yes. <laughs> be, um, and be sure to wash it very thoroughly. <laughs> yes, and I did. And it's actually super soft and awesome now. I found that like, about two and a half yards of this amazing um, like cotton terry cloth like, towel that, that had this like early 70s psychedelic flower print in like green and purple and like with like black outline so it was like really really cool it's very poochy Uh, i love it it is it's very much and so i've washed it and cut the edges and i'm gonna put black binding around the edges Mm. so that i have like a really fun like vintage beach throw Ooh la la uh, yeah fun wonderful yeah so that was fun yes but i had a great time with you working on um halloween costumes and strategizing and just having like creative brain space, which was wonderful. Fantastic. And it's always nice to see McKathleen in the flesh. Um, obviously, number one, <laughs> it was spending time with you. Oh, so. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are here to actually talk about a movie, not so much as to just gush about our friendship. <laughs> I mean, well, we could do that. We could do that for a while. <laughs> um, but you guys, though, seriously, Halloween is going to fucking kick ass this year. Yep. So buckle up your safety belts because it's going to be a bumpy night, as Miss Betty. 
Davis would say. <laughs> That's right. So get ready for it. Steal yourself for mysterious suspense, and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be exciting, like a forty-year-old birthday party for <laughs> Betty Davis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about this movie, Kathleen. Um, mm-hmm. We are talking about Bell Book and Candle from 1958. Hey-o. 1958, yes. Columbia Pictures. This is directed by Richard Klein. Um, mm. Hey Klein. Hey Klein. <laughs> uh, the Costumes were designed by Mr. Jean Louis. You, um, you can always talk, to, um, hear about him, us talking about him more on our episode for Thoroughly Modern Millie, perhaps. That's right. So he also did um, Born Yesterday as well. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, very, very prolific. To, um, he gets around. He gets around. He's a talented dude. So <laughs> yeah, he is. In the uh, cast for this film, we have uh, James uh, Jimmy Stewart. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? In the cast, we have Kim Novak playing yeah. Gillian Holroyd. Let's do that up top. Yeah, that's more important. Jimmy Stewart yeah. plays Shepard Henderson. Jack Lemon plays her brother, Nikki Holroyd. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen's got feelings and thoughts about that I one. Just, no, I just like me some Jack Lemon. <laughs> I want to get I, I mean, like we'll get to it. We, de- I definitely yeah. have, I definitely have things to say about him too. Ernie Kovacs okay. plays Sidney Redlich. Hermione Gingold plays Bianca DePass. Elsa Lanchester steals the show as Queenie Holroyd. Um, yes. Janice Rule plays Merle Kittredge. Um, Philippe Clay plays my spirit animal, who is the French <laughs> singer and dancer at the Zodiac Club. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard McNear plays Andy White Shep's co- um, co-publisher. So Kathleen, what is your history with this film? Gosh, I you know what? I don't really have any history with this movie. No. The closest I would get to it would be Bewitched because uh. in reading that the 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 maker of Bewitched openly said that like Bill Book and Candle was one of his was like an inspiration for that, which yeah. I can totally see that. I can, but I can't. Yeah, but yeah, that's about I mean, it. It's and not I a straight line, it. but it, it it makes it makes sense. No, it, it totally does make sense. I'm seeing it, especially yeah. Actually, there is like, um, but there there's a lot of it that's very feels very 50s, where I feel like Bewitched feels a bit more 60s. Actually, kind of like more. Like Samantha, I feel is more like she didn't give up her powers when she became a housewife or fell right, in love. Yeah. So, whereas in um, this story, that's like it's like well, when that happens, you you're no longer a witch, and so there's just that it felt very much like that felt very fifties. Like I don't know, it made me think of like women like like who were who were like worked in the factories during World War Two, and they're like, well, that's over, time to hang up that and become a housewife, and she kind of. Not spoiler alert, but kind well, of, but that's sort of what happens in the end. And, and it's just like, yeah, but anyway, but that's about, and then I've seen stills of this because it's like Kim Novak with a kitty and, you know, uh, like, I, I, as you know, I do love me some kitties. Yes. So, um, yeah. Um, so I actually didn't have oh, yes. any, and you, um, <laughs> what is your experience with well, this movie? Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, I was just <laughs> jumping at the bit to get this out. Um, so my, I don't actually have much of any, um, uh, history with this movie. It was brand mm-hmm. new to me, which was actually kind of cool. I love, oh, I honestly love discovering little gems like this. So, me you know, too. it's like, we're not, 
we're not film historians. We're not film experts nope. by any means. Nope. So um, it's kind of like, you know, we're discovering these along right alongside some of you. Some of you guys, this yes. might be your most favorite movie ever. And that's awesome. And I've been hearing a lot yes. of good feedback on this, on the social meds feeds about mm-hmm. how um, people love this movie. And it's, I'm really stoked to see that because it was really, yeah. really adorable. Like it's really cute. And I cannot get enough of Pie Wacket. I think he I is possibly so much. the star of the show. <laughs> like, yes. He is the best. Um, this was, uh, I don't know, there was something interesting. I just thought it was funny that in um, November of 1958, she did appear on the cover of Life magazine um, with Pie Wacket. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool. The headline says Cat and Kim Novak in film about witches, which is fun. <laughs> uh, so I guess. I mean, who isn't here for that? I know, right? <laughs> and it was only 25 cents. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't really have much of a history with this movie. And I, do, I wasn't even aware of it as far as being a cultural about it being just culturally relevant or fashionably mm-hmm. relevant. And I was, you know, and the girl, there are some looks in this movie. Like I know. Jean-Louis did not pull any punches. Like good God, girl, like seriously, there's some looks. So, I mean, if you're, if you're starved for some uh, fashions, this one's definitely got it for you. It's, and it's definitely, I would say, quality over quantity. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like she's just, like, got costume oh, yeah, changes, yeah. like, every five minutes. But what she has, you want everything. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks really good. And she totally is, like, the Hollywood version of beatniks, which is which means she's, like, super chic. And oh, like, God, like yeah. Like, clean. She's, like, barefoot but clean. Yes. And, like... <laughs> the beatnik overtone, like, the... And just... she's got her Instagram eyebrows, like, all oh, big. Like, guys. I mean... <laughs> First of all, let's just spend the next hour and a half talking about those eyebrows because they Um, are pretty amazing. They are pretty amazing. They are a choice. And (laughs) just like people's heavy brows today, you know, like I feel like there's just a lot of like, I don't know. I don't know who I was trying to find out like more on like her the makeup and the motivation behind that and everything. But maybe it's kind of to make her look a bit more witchy. Yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, she looks that. beautiful and uh, I love it. I mean, and I, you know, her eyebrows have like this amazing over dramatized arch and yes. they're very thick. They're very thick for, she um, has like thick. It's as if she's had a brow lift. Like they gave her a brow lift with, um, the I way mean, they redrew them on. They straight up <laughs> shaved off half of her eyebrow and drew them higher. Cause they start where her natural brow actually goes and it goes all the way up, yep. like pretty high. And it's could, I mean, in, in less, you know, less talented hands, it could have gotten very divine-esque, which... Yeah, <laughs> you know. that's the thing, is that, like, uh, those eyebrows could have gone nine kinds of wrong, but they work. They kind yes. of work for her. And so it's a, it's really amazing, and they're perfectly symmetrical. So it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she's just got... Honestly, she's got the face that people try to have plastic surgery for. Like, she's got the most beautiful high cheekbones that people get lots of filler today to get. And she had those yes. naturally. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, poor Kim Novak. Like, that is, oh, that's a whole other conversation with Hollywood and insecurity and Kim Novak. But, uh, but like, she's absolutely beautiful in this movie. And I feel like also, too, watching this movie a few times, I felt like I liked it better every time I watched it. Like I oh, liked no. it. Sorry. I liked it more every time I watched it. And I like, I, like you, I can't get enough of pie wacket. I'm like, where's my cat? Where's my cat? I need to hold him right now. 
Um, oh, it's so yeah, cute. so this movie was actually a year, just um, a year after, uh, uh, what is it? Vertigo. So Vertigo came out in 57 and this one came out in 58. So, you know, we were, um, you know, back to back Kim Novak, Jimmy Stewart yeah, um, films. So working, yes. <laughs> doing a lot during those, those late 50 years, uh, yeah. just those late fifties, just looking and. Uh, looking to what she was doing and the, the iconic movies she had made e- even before that, like the man with the golden arm and oh, right, yeah. It just, yeah, she was, she was really, she was it. She was the it girl of the late fifties and was really making that Monday hunty <laughs> for the movie theater, for the, for the, um, uh, the movie studio. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, this was, and I guess this was sort of like her first. It's weird because, yeah, I was trying to. I, I, I guess slight sidebar. I was listening to the first uh, episode of You Must Remember This um, that she that Karina Longworth did, and it was the first episode she ever did was like five years ago, and it was on Kim Novak, and she kind right. of was talking about more about Vertigo and how that was her big success, and then talks about how her career really dropped off after that. Never mentioned Bell Book and Candle, but. I feel like when I was reading about this, Bell Book and Candle was quite this commercial success. Oh, like, it did yeah, really wildly well. successful. It was yeah. a, and uh, I mean, we are doing this at Halloween, at Halloween time, uh, but this oh, was right. in fact I did a Christmas to, movie. That's right. I forgot to mention, <laughs> this is the first in our Ooky Spooky Dookie series for night- hey. 2019. Yeah, but, so I mean, sorry about, about Christmas, that. But hey, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. But hey, it's like you can watch this one and Nightmare Before Christmas two times a year, so you're good to go. Exactly, exactly. It's very much in that vein. You can pick which holiday do you want to watch it for, you know? And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Kim Novak's goth as fuck. And she looks yes. beautiful. Oh she my is God. such a beautiful witch. I want all of her clothes. She is so. like elegant goth lady. I'm obsessed Elegance. with the fact that she is like all about the cowls. She's all about mm-hmm. like the head. She's very like rocking the Grace Jones cowl. She's wearing oh my like God. capes. Yeah. She's got muffs. She's like living her best life. And I'm obsessed with it. Yes. And like Jean-Louis knew exactly what he was doing. So and she can rock a low back oh, like nobody is in good business. God. I mean, <laughs> there's that one gown that she wears that is full, completely backless, no sheer fabric like a faking nope. it out or anything. Like it's a feat Just of a engineering. Cut. Just a perfect it's a, cut. Yes. A feat it's of amazing. architecture. Like you can't yes. even handle how beautiful this gown is. Of course, it's probably, you know, John Louis, like he this was, I think this this was after his success in that with the strap gown and re mm-hmm. and, and Gilda. So, I mean, he had some people working for him who were very, very talented, who could make these sort of pieces that could really, you know, compete with French couture, you know, in that way, which was just, I mean, there's just some hit her evening wear looks in this movie are stunning. And her, stunning. even her just like lounging around the house looks are very are like really good, like really yeah. high end looking, very chic, very, very fantastic. I just absolutely mm-hmm. love it. And I love that her color palette too is very simple. Her color palette mm-hmm. in this movie is like blood red, like almost like a, like a black like candy red. <laughs> Black. Yes. Oh, more. So, it was more burgundy, like bl- like mm-hmm. wine burgundy, and um and not as much um oh, yeah, a little bit of black, had, but yes. like like the her cape that she wears is actually like was burgundy, and then so was her beautiful That's gown, she, the dress, the backless dress that she wears. So it was just so her color palette was very clear in this, you know. And I yeah, 
really, and I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> it and again, it's I mean, just, it's that like Hollywood. It's like Hollywood's version of being a witch, you know. And I'm like, I'm here for it because right. it's like so elegant and sort just kind of clean and and uh, but at the same time, like a little like dark, a little uh, it's, little dramatic. You know, but it's uh, like but, you know, but still beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, we're no, we ain't doing no ugly witches. Even like the no, ugly no. witches were adorable. <laughs> Yes. They were, yeah, Hermione Gingold still was like amazing, like flawless I in her own way. Was, so. I was obsessed with Hermione <laughs> in this movie. She was, she didn't have a ton of screen time in this movie, but she, with every minute yeah. she was on screen, she used him. Like she used she, every she, bit. She, yeah, she's just chewing scenery with the way she was acting. Yeah. I was obsessed with her. And oh I my god, first. Elsa Lanchester in this role as her her, her auntie queen as Love Aunt Queenie. Her. I couldn't even handle it. First off, it's like as we learned on the uh, Pete Menifee episode of Mary Poppins, she played Katie Nana in Mary Poppins later on, mm-hmm. but she was also most famous for playing the Bride of Frankenstein. So yep. she and in this film she was bonkers. Like she she was great, was crazy, amazing. I was obsessed with her. She just. She looked like she was so delighted and pleased with every single thing happening around her that yes. she just couldn't even handle it. She, yes. I just, she I, gave me the most like bewitched vibe in the way she was. Like she kind of reminds me of like the aunt, like the kind of the the, the daft like you know aunt that she has, and which, her name escapes me. But she like does right, the spells yeah. and like mixes things up and and uh, oh, you know yeah, just, I could totally yeah. see that. She yeah, also reminds yeah, she, me of the. She also reminds me of that lady on um, the designing women that they added later. The kind of crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like high whimsy. You know what yes. I mean? Just, oh, thank yeah. God. <laughs> so good. Um, Loved it. And I also loved um, this movie is like this movie is very um, visually pleasing too. It's just it fun is. to watch. Like the lighting in the movie is like really well done. Like when you're yes. the, I'm. Like, the as world we say, building is amazing. Like exactly. the Zodiac Club and everything. Oh, I was just going to say, I just yeah. going <laughs> to say like uh, the Zodiac Club, along with every other movie we watch that has a club in it. We want to go to there. Wanna I there. want to yeah. go to the Zodiac Club. That looks so, like so much fun. And then yeah. you've got the, the you got on the, Christmas we, Eve, no less. Like, I, no, that place, was, pop, that place was popping off for Christmas Eve. And I was like, yeah. yes, sign Like, please, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> This movie did make me. Um, this movie did make me miss uh, um, New York in the winter, though. Like in the around yeah. Christmas time, because New York City in the Christmas time is just—it's so much fun, and like there's not a lot of people there because everyone's traveling and yeah. going home. So you're just—you got the city to yourself, and it's just—it's so nice, and it, it's that like all the magical. streets are quiet, and like it's—it's yeah. so fantastic. Um, oh, it did. Wow. Um, I think they did a good job capturing mm-hmm. that, like that kind of they're, they're not that there's a lot of shots of like being in this, but the ones that they do, yeah, they do kind of capture that. Like uh, it is definitely one of those like love, uh, love letters to New York. Like they made yeah. their own little, like kind of Greenwich village sort of thing. And, and, uh, I felt like there was a lot of really great subtext in this movie too, mm-hmm. just yeah. around like, um, it felt very like they were totally trying to, it, it I felt like they were trying to tell this like a gay story because if you think about it, like the witches in Greenwich village, like by that oh, point, yeah. it was no secret that what Greenwich, like what Greenwich village was. And as far as like the neighborhood and who lived there. So I thought that was very interesting. And like that, that sort of like, 
going in like crossing worlds having to be in secret you know like right, it was just yeah. very like an open secret i don't know i felt like there was a lot of really awesome subtext and it just worked so perfectly like they were just like dodging that haze code like like they were running a football down a field it was fantastic <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> it was great and they just touched down <laughs> look at all this subtext <laughs> yeah it's it, i i just i i'm so glad we started with this movie for halloween it's me like, too um, first of all it's my favorite time of year the, the weather's getting crisper. It's time to start thinking about what fabulous thing you're going to wear for, Chris, mm-hmm. for Christmas. For Halloween. I always say that. I'm like, what whatever. Whatever, it's your Christmas. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> apparently, oh my God. So, sidebar. There's apparently this show on. Um, on Netflix right now called The Politician and Jessica Lange has like apparently like the perfect soundbite in the movie where or the show (laughs) where she's like um, what was it the whole story is like I don't know why he that guy got upset that you um, why the gay guy got upset you called him a butt munch that's what gay guys are they munch butt there's two things gay guys love doing munch and butt and celebrate Halloween I'm like this this couldn't be more true (laughs) I can vouch for this Anywho, <laughs> so <laughs> celebrating Halloween is very important to us as, as a nation. As the, yeah, as the it's gay one nation. out of two things. <laughs> According to Jessica Lang. Um, <laughs> uh, I did want to just highlight too on this, the because back to the lighting in this movie, I love how in the Zodiac Club, everyone's kind of lit with green lighting too. So mm-hmm. it's almost like kind of, there's a lot of these kind of like weird spots of green and stuff that's kind of like kind of casting on like one side of their face or something so it's not yeah. it's not out of whack that it would there would have like a green but it almost like it's kind of like harkening back to the idea of the wicked witch of the west being a green-faced witch and so i love this like it's it is super whimsical like there's so much yeah. whimsy happening in this and and her christmas tree in the shop that she owns is bananas cuckoo like early 50s looking like um you know conceptual christmas tree which i'm just i can't wait to put that do that exact same christmas tree in my house um i know i love it too like that's the thing there's certain things even her her whole like primitive art store i'm like that looks very modern like totally you know something i don't know uh where were we goodness um i don't know i'm just gonna slice through all this rage and i'm back i'm back so it's all good i just oh technology sorry guys i had a little technical difficulty i know right wow it's like a ghost in the machine and uh that wasn't that wasn't fun okay it's all good (laughs) we'll figure this out um we we were discussing the various whimsies of the movie and Okay, so yes. we covered all the whimsical elements of this movie. Um, and you we, mentioned the Christmas tree, which the I love. The Christmas tree, which is adorable. So get yourself some rings of wood and make yourself a Christmas tree is what I say. Yes. Um, um, we've, was there anything else we wanted to cover in the film before we get started in the, the um, storyline of this movie? Um, let's see. I think, I think Did, we're good, yeah. You didn't express your undying affection for Jack Lemmon, though. No, I mean, I just, I just think he's really cute. He's, he's okay in this movie. It's interesting because, like, when I was doing a little bit of research, I know uh, it sounds like Kim Novak really enjoyed making this movie, and um, 
And uh, but J- Jack Lemon, it wasn't exactly one of his favorites, so maybe he was a little uh, oh, phoned right. in. And I don't know. I just think he's. Cute. I thought I, he, I, he did an amazing job. I thought he was yeah. pulling faces pretty well. Like there's yeah. some pretty good. There's some pretty good publicity shots of him playing the bongos. Like he was really doing a great job on those bongos. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so, he's pretty hilarious. At yes. first, I almost forgot. I almost didn't realize it was him. Like on the like, who's the weirdo on the bongos? And then it was like <laughs> the second time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, that's him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, it was, it was good. Um, what was I going to say that, um, I know I had read that, uh, like for Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak, like just to give a little like factoids, she was about 25, 26 and he turned 50 when they were filming this. Um, and this was his last, uh, role that he ever did as like a leading man. And I feel like this was a similar thing that we kind of, uh, ended up visiting the similar storyline when we were doing uh, charade when, with, um, uh, uh, Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. Ironically, Cary Grant did uh, want to do this role. He um, did. He, yeah, he actively kind of pushed for this, but he didn't get it. Uh, he would have been great, actually, in this. Uh, I, I think, think he, he would have. I yeah. Um, um, I had read also too about the Jimmy Stewart, um, or heard about this being his last um, romantic role, and I had I had read that this was that was his. He was like, "Can we please stop?" Like that yeah, was his. Yeah. He, well, and his that's what Cary like, Grant was like. In a short, yeah. he's like, "Okay, guys, like yeah. enough. Like, what are we doing here?" Yeah. You know. <laughs> Which I, I really can appreciate. <laughs> yes, I, I do love that it's the actor, not the studio, just being like, "Hey guys, we're 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 kind of making a fool of ourselves here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He didn't have like an ego around that. If anything, he was like, "Ooh, this yeah. is just weird." He's like, "She's but, um, me, young." <laughs> yeah, but uh, that that being said, Kim Novak always had good things to say about working with him. So I always feel like he's in like sort of like the not a dirtbag category because yeah. I've never I don't really have any intel of on um, people like not work like he's like. Kind like Howard Keel, like everyone was always like, Oh, thank God I'm working with Jimmy Stewart. Everything's yeah. all right. Like, it'll be good. It'll be good. So, <laughs> so I, I think that's always nice. <laughs> I did love in this movie. I think that this was kind of the, um, probably the most stereotypical or even like um, a caricature version of Jimmy Stewart I've seen. Yeah. He's so. Jimmy Stewart in he's this so movie. He's so Jimmy Stewart. He's Dana Carvey. Like, Basically, <laughs> yeah. He's just like when he's talking. I think it comes out really clearly, like when he's talking, when he's doing that long monologue while she's per, while she's casting the spell on him, yes. and she, he's like, he's like, we just decided to de- one day to do it, and we we're doing it. Like, you're just like, <laughs> oh my, like it's so, it's like a, it's like he's a cartoon now. You're just he like, you're just like so. I couldn't. I died laughing when he yeah, was just saying that. It was pretty funny. Was and he like, was legit funny in this movie. Yes. And that, that in a way felt very much like, like, uh, Darren, you know, like the original, yeah. like the first Darren. First uh, Darren. Yeah. I'm, I stand, I, I stand there. Um, at first Darren. I'm not a huge fan. I'm a more, was it Dick? Which one was which Dick York or Dick Sargent? I think Dick's, I believe Dick York was the first one. Uh, okay. Well, we'll keep talking. I'll, I'll give I'll it a goof, it. but yeah, like, uh, yeah, he was the one he was, he he was really good at doing he was more about being exasperated but the yes. second darren was more about being condescending and yes. i just you know it's dick york yeah. was the dick york was the first darren yeah uh, yes. there we go dick's yes and recently because when you were here we did end up watching some episodes of bewitched yes. and they were the later episodes so we did mm-hmm. have it was darren number two in that and he was more he was more of a dick 
Like yeah, he was, he was more, more condescending to yeah, her. Like, whereas yeah. Whereas Dick Dick York was a little bit more kind of like put upon. He's like, how did I get mixed up in this? Like he was yeah. a little bit more kind of befuddled by the whole thing, which I thought was so much nicer as far as I also I felt know, like you only- could see like a, a chemistry between him. Like he also really loves Samantha. He was like, Well, my wife's yeah. beautiful. Look at her. She's like, look at yeah. her. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, My wife is beautiful. Yeah. Look at yeah, her. He was very much like in I felt like he was really into Samantha though. Like he yes. was really like I don't know, but I liked him. I liked him a lot. And he, I, you always felt, really felt bad for him when Larry was always, you're like, oh, why do you always want to come over for dinner, dude? He just wants to kick it with his wife (laughs) in their sweet house. Leave him the fuck alone. So uh, on the record, OHR is team Darren number one. Yes. So so slide right into our mentions and tell us how we're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Uh, add us. <laughs> well, whatever. You do you, okay? I'm the only one looking at it and um I'll just ignore it. Okay. <laughs> or I'll just or any mean thing you say, I'll just fave it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hashtag no filter. Wait, is yeah. that how you no. Well you know what hashtag I mean. Hashtag you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna start <laughs> tweeting I'm gonna start tweeting things and be like, hashtag no filter and it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag blessed. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So let's get into the story, shall we? Yes. Are you excited? Super excited. <laughs> okay. So it is is Christmas time in New York City. The Peanuts gang is somewhere off in the distance singing that song that's always playing. And um, Gillian Holroyd, played by Kim Novak, lives, lives there with her adorable Siamese cat named Piewacket. Um, mm-hmm. She runs a shop that sells African art and she's got the holiday blues. Um, you see, she feels lonely because she's a witch and she wants to kick it Little Mermaid style and be part of their world. Um, <laughs> as her <laughs> as her upstairs neighbor, Shepard Henderson, played by Jimmy Stewart, um, comes home. She offhandedly remarks to Pie Wackett that he should give her um, Shepard as um, her neighbor as a Christmas gift. Um, so Shep arrives into his apartment and is shocked to find Queenie Holroyd, played by Elsa Lanchester, there. Um, being a witch as well, though a less powerful one. She makes up some excuse as to why she's there, and on her way out, she hexes his phone as retaliation for him being rude about the situation. Uh, realizing that the phone isn't working, uh, Shepard stops by Gillian's apartment to use her phone on his way out to meet his fiance, Meryl Kittridge, played by Janice Rule. Uh, just before he leaves, Aunt Queenie stops by and mentions that they're all going to the Zodiac Club and casually invites Shep as well. Um, later that evening, Shep and Merrill, Merle, sorry, um, end up going to the Zodiac Club. Merrill is Merrill, 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 like Merrill Oberon. Merrill Oberon, yes. Uh, Merle is not on board for this experience. Um, but as it turns out, Merle and Gillian went to college together. Um, as it also turns out, they were rivals. Uh, so Merrill claimed, uh, at the time, Merrill complained to the uh, Dean about Gillian's odd behaviors, which included not wearing shoes to class. Um, she's like an OG hippie. Um, <laughs> she, she was tie dyeing her own t-shirts and listening to, um, <laughs> uh, grateful dead on repeat. It was great. I she mean, it. is it wrong um, that I kind of feel for Merle? I'm like, bitch, put your shoes on. Who are you? Oh, Who we you all you went to college with that. We all went to college oh. with that girl. She was the worst. She's like, I-, I crocheted a pair of pants for myself this morning. And you're like, cool. I'm going to yeah. go away from you. Too bad you didn't wear um, underwear with them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now I have to stare at you. Gross. From the, 
in this row behind you. Okay. (laughs) So in retaliation, Gillian used magic to make um, nutso thunderstorms happen for the entire semester, which pushed Merle to the brink of a nervous breakdown. So while regaling the group uh, about the thunderstorms, Gillian sig- signals to her brother, Nikki Holroyd, who's in the band, played by Jack Lemmon, um, and for, so them, for them to play an enchanted version of Stormy Weather, super jazzy beatnik version. Um, this brought back all the bad memories for Merle, and it sent her from the club screaming with Shep chasing after her. Um, the gang headed home and exchanged Christmas gifts. Uh, and Nikki ends up giving Gillian a paint that when burned on a photo would summon that person to you. So she gives it a try on a photo of the author, Sidney Rutledge, played by Ernie Kovacs, who Shep expressed interest in meeting earlier, uh, while the photo is burning in a most ooky and spooky fashion. Uh, Shep walks by and rushes in thinking there's a fi- the fire is a serious matter. Uh, they douse the flames and Queenie and Nikki bounce in order to leave Shep and kill alone. Uh, they have a nightcap, and when Chef begins talking about his decision to marry Merle later that day, Gillian begins humming to Piwacket, um, but this is no ordinary humming. Uh, this is her casting a spell with Piwacket's help. Uh, he drones on and on and finally stops to realize that he's mesmerized by Gillian. Um, as he gets up to leave, he finds he can't help but take her in his arms and kiss her deeply and softly. Uh, the film cuts forward in time and they have spent, um, all the wee uh, morning hours together and ended up on the top of the Flatiron building, which is at the junction of 23rd street, fifth Avenue and Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) My old office was like four blocks away from it. So I've seen that building a lot. Uh, and I know that intersection very well. Uh, later that day, Shep goes to Merle and announces that he will not be getting married to her. Assuming that um, there was a time jump, Shep heads back to work (laughs) because it appears as though it's the same day. (laughs) But I'm like, okay, this is also December 25th. Right. Um, So they go back. (laughs) Yes. So they go back to work. And when he's there, Rutledge is waiting for him. Um, Rutledge felt compelled to go to New York City and discuss his new book with Shep. Um, This new book is about witches in Manhattan and how they walk among us. Uh, this, he knows about the Zodiac club and wants to get in touch with their top tier, witches. um, impressed with this serendipity, Shep invites Rutledge over to meet Nikki, Queenie and Gillian. Uh, the gang is dubious and Gillian is concerned that this, um, little spell might've backfired. Uh, he asks, she asks Nikki to put him off uh, the scent so that he doesn't expose their secret. Um, so Nikki walks with Rutledge afterward and he does the opposite of what Gil wants. He spills the tea about him being a witch and they agree to go half seas on this book since Nikki has all the intel. So Ship and Gillian continue to hang out and get um, cuddly and, and things are appearing to go well. He proposes to Gil, um, uh, but she tries to put him off at first and then realizes that she wants nothing more than to be married to Shep. Only one problem. She finds out that Nikki and Rutledge are writing a book and he could expose his secret, her secret to Shep. So Gillian then confronts Nikki and tells him to shut the book down. Um, but he refuses and threatens to shut, um, So she threatens to shut the book down for him. And then in turn, Nikki threatens to expose her to Shep. 
So Nikki and Rutledge turn in their first draft. Shep turns it down, saying that it's all trash. Nikki realized that this was Gillian's doing. So And then Gillian shows up immediately after the meeting and tells Nikki that he needn't bother to tell Shep about her since she plans on doing it herself. And then when she does confess to being a witch, Shep doesn't believe her because he's blinded by his love for her. And then on his way home, Shep runs into Queenie, who confirms the entire story about Gillian and even mentions how she used Piwacket to enchant him into falling in love with her um, to spite Merle. Um, only just now that um, his crush on her, and so he, oh, my, wow, I should have proofread that. So <laughs> I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so he realizes that his crush on her may only be a spell. He um, confronts Gillian about this and then the two fight and then he storms off. So Shep enlists Nikki in order to get some help from, from anybody who can help, um, help break this spell. So Rutledge and Nikki end up taking him to see Bianca de Pass, played by Hermione Gingold. Um, and this sheep, uh, this character is a bit of a sellout, which, and then she makes a special brew for him and, um, at the cost of $1,000. And then later, Shep is moving out of his building to get away from Gillian, and he confronts her again um, as one last hurrah. He mentions that he hopes they can, um, he can patch things up with Merle, and then Gillian threatens to cast spells on Merle to keep them apart. And when Shep storms off to try and keep Merle safe, Gillian um, tries to coerce Piwacket into um, spelling it up for her. And then the kitty wants nothing to do with the situation and runs away, sending her after him barefoot into the streets of the village. Months pass and Gillian and Shep are separate but equal, equally miserable. Um, when Piwacket sh- shows up at Shep's office windowsill, Shep is incensed, thinking that Gillian put Piwacket uh, into um, up to this. So he puts the cat into a wastebasket and carries him off to her shop. Um, Gillian says Piwacket has left her and that she has no longer ha- she doesn't have any powers anymore, um, which is proven when she cries because witches can't cry, according to Rutledge. Um, so this proves. The change and Shep um, to sh- so it proves the change to Shep and they kiss and Queenie and Nikki look on through the window. The end. <laughs> Sorry, as I was writing this, I was like, "Wow, there's actually a lot that happens in this movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. It's quite a robust story, but it's you know, love story for the ages, as it were. Um, and I'm looking at some of the photos right now, and they both, him and uh, her, both have amazing mantelpieces in their in their apartments. So they do. if you ever want some fireplace porn, please watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know You'll their places are really cool. Yes, I mean, I want to I want to live in a in a African relic store. Uh, like, that yeah. sounds so much fun. Is it yeah. is it wrong that I was like slightly dis- more than slightly disappointed when she like when he came back, like she lost her powers and then she was like, she was like all fifties out. Like she's like in a dress and spike heels. And then she's yes. selling like the seashell figures. And okay. Like, first of all, it, wait, like, we need, no, we need time, to, just, I was like, man, you were so Let's cool. pump the brakes though, because she lost her powers and then she, oh, then she changed. So everything about her changed, right. When she lost her powers, yeah. she started dressing like a housewife. And then she also she lost her taste in things. She lost her taste in things. So she went from selling really cool African artifacts to selling the most hideous, like ticky tacky beach souvenirs you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it was like flower bouquets, <laughs> but with shells instead of flower flowers. And 
Why would oh. anybody want any of I feel of those? like even if that was vintage today, you'd be like, it's okay. You're like, but like, I'm good. Mm, no. Yes. No. She had some I real just, like, like, treasures earlier. And she then did. Like, she did. No. Honestly, I think that my favorite part of that scene was when she was like, I want you to have this. And then she puts it in the in the wastebasket where Pie Wacket was. And I was like, yes, put that in the trash. Yeah, That's exactly where it belongs. <laughs> I'm telling you, the subtext in this movie is like, there's so much going on. It's like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that was a per- uh, joke on purpose, but it works. <laughs> it's like, God. I just feel like there was just something so symbolic about watching someone like Kim Kim Novak, who has been in a lot of ways described as like the female James Dean, like somebody who was, you know, beautiful, but like didn't really was always seen burdened by it. You know what I mean? Right, and like somebody yeah. who was always sort of just like she she just always seemed like kind of like repressed and miserable. And then like but she was like this badass witch throughout the movie. And then she just is like so she loses her powers. And then you're like, there she is. Oh, like yeah. she's dressed in picnic and, <laughs> and, and miserable, <laughs> but maybe oh not. God. I don't know, but it just, yeah, she, I'm, what I'm saying is I really loved when she was a witch yes. <laughs> and I loved her outfits. She <laughs> was so cool. And she was a witch and they basically, she basically acted her entire acting style was as if she was a feline herself, which I yeah. thought was really and she seemed cool. So cool and kind of confident. And, uh, I, I just, yeah, she just gave me goals. I was just like, yeah, I just want to be the bad bitch known in the art store with the cat. Like, there ain't nothing wrong with being that. Like, she, nothing wrong with being that cat lady. She was cool. Yeah, with the sick eyebrows and all you do is slink around. Yeah, in she gowns. fucking like, got that sweet, like, you know, live workspace in Greenwich Village. Like, I locked that shit down. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you have like a house sweater when you go um, ice skating oh with, the, with, with Jimmy Stewart. It's great. God. She's like, I own five pieces of clothing, but two of them are those Jean-Louis dresses. Yes. <laughs> so uh, who's a winner? Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> um, so, Kathleen, let's start talking about the looks. I want to know what your Thank highlights you. are, please. Um, well, Spill the tea, girl. <laughs> well, I mean, just pretty much everything that Kim Novak wears in the movie, up until she has her seashell shop. I mean, her dress is she. She's beautiful. She's she's beautiful, but not like, not like whoa, striking. Like, but I loved. I love her full length cape with the fur muff. And like you said, she's wearing that, that just like, she never really wears any hats in the movie. She's always got those, like the hoods, they're draped like Grace Jones. And she's got that amazing, like late fifties bouffant that is so signature that like, once you get that hair, you have that hair for the rest of your life. Like there are women today who are in their eighties who have that hair. Who have that hair because they went up yep. in '58 and they never looked back. Mm-hmm. And, yep, they uh, had no, that hair when they had their hair in the '60s. They had their hair in the '70s. They had it, they had it in the '80s. 80s. They yeah, had it to the, the '90s. Whole way. It never and they changed. They were buried that, with yeah. that hair. <laughs> exactly, and she's got that hair. You you, yep. you see it, but um, uh, I I loved uh, again her Jean Louis dresses, especially the one that had the the beaded um bracelets that like were kind of set up her arm which again had very much like kind of an ethnic almost like african feel to it and then uh well as much as mgm and they would allow you know right well columbia ethnic whatever but then (laughs) um uh also uh, let's talk about merle uh i know she Uh, was kind of like she was insufferable waspy girl but like she her green dress that she shows up in at the zodiac club is amazing and looks so good she's got that auburn hair 
Um, even in that beautiful suit, her wedding suit that she was yes. wearing on Christmas Day, and she's getting all ready to go. It was like it reminded me so much of like Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, uh, down to the like the jangly bracelet and everything, just the makeup, the hair. It was it was wow. Like she looked yeah. really really beautiful. So I guess that would kind of be. You know, as far as that, and then the older women, you know, Hermione and um, Queenie, like they had some amazing, like kind of almost like almost Edwardian, like mm-hmm. they were wearing like Edwardian dresses or dresses from the twenties. And I love when we see these movies that were done in the fifties, and they show these older women who are clearly wearing things from like when they were young. So they're yeah. wearing like things from the twenties and the thirties, um, and I love that. But yeah, I think I guess, specifically, um, just, uh, Elsa Lanchester's character had like a very clearly like early early looking gown her, her yes. dress that she wears on christmas eve is very like almost looks teens which almost is teensy. interesting yes like yeah. almost like art new they've got like a whimsical art nouveau and like that oh my god her apartment when when she go, when jimmy stewart goes to her flat or her house or whatever to to get the and he drinks the potion her oh and hermione's is, and hermione's, hermione's house is amazing I'm sorry. oh amazing. my god that house amazing like it's like a gingerbready interior, but then there's like beaded so swags cool. on top of the gingerbread. I can't, I can't. Uh, it's just I want, so gorgeous. I, <laughs> I'm going to put. I swear to God, I'm going to put every like. I'm going to do beaded fringe on every doorway. It, like on every. This if I if I had inspiration. A, if I yeah. had an archway in my apartment, I would put beaded fringe on it. I want yeah. like so cool. I'm like yeah. Oh, no, God, every so, interior, even even Merle's apartment <laughs> is beautiful. Like every yeah. every interior in here is inspiring, and they're also different. Uh, like they're really expressing the personality of the person who has it. Um, yes. But yeah, I guess it's I don't like, I don't really have any one, but like, I just, yeah, I just love the looks. I thought it was really, uh, you know, again, Kim Novak is a witch. Just fantastic. Love those. Jean-Louis I, dresses. Yes. I really love that. They put her in those sort of like in the hoods and the, and the, yes. the capes and stuff to almost make her, to give her like a look of like a, like a far off kind of thing where it's like, Oh, she, what it. era is she from? Those sort of things, but yes. not putting her in like a period costume in a way. Like, no, I it loved was, it. And she has like, it, it balanced out. It's like this dramatic, almost gothy stuff, but then she's got such soft features with the blonde, hair and the blue eyes it's just this like real contrast but right, it works um, and it's like, like to me that's a goth as fuck you yeah. know what i mean and like there would be so no there's like honestly just in 1958 nobody would have been wearing a floor length cape, velvet like no. burgundy velvet cape with a muff like that is so br- drama like oh, i drama. love it it's so like, it's, and it's just so new york like beatnik artistic and it feels like, so you know. it feels so like you know it feels so kind of like um you know just that's kind of like uh, I'm trying to trying to think of pagan. it. Pagan. It feels. It very does. Pagan, it does. Really. It feels pagan. It feels like. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Sleepy Hollow, but that's not right. I'm thinking of like where the you know the witch trials were and all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, for Plymouth sure. and what have you. You know, it feels very like that. Like kind of like the oh, yes. Um, yeah. Why can't I think of where they did the witch trials? Salem. It feels Salem, very yeah. Salem. That's where it was. Yeah. Jesus. Um. So and I just love that her her costumes they that Jean-Louis made her costume specifically a little bit more overly dramatic and a little bit more kind of like otherworldly like that which made her feel a little bit more kind of like witch-esque without being so like you know stereotypical of what you'd expect from a witch you know agreed agreed Um, yeah well much like bewitched you know like it's stepping out of that in fact if anything making fun of the stereotype you know like oh that's crazy (laughs) real witches that's crazy (laughs) you know it's like hiding in plain sight (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. And I um I loved Hermione Gingold's outfit that she wears. Um, spe- like I love all the stuff that she wears. Like when you first see her at the um, Zodiac Club, and I love that she's yeah. translating the uh, the weird singers like song to that dude. I love it. <laughs> I, yeah. And uh, by the way, gold star to that that dancer singer. He was <laughs> bananas. Like yeah, a th- seven feet tall loved and just it. doing this weird little like shimmy like wiggle dance <laughs> while singing this like wildly fast like French song. It was like <laughs> and you're like oh it was the best. like I don't and I love, just love that Elsa Lanchester is like enraptured by his entire performance. She just can't can't yes. even handle it and she just like loses her mind. It's so good. She's like <laughs> clapping for him at the end like as if he was like just the like Elvis or something. So no, I love it. And, and you know to your point like I love that the like the roles of like the women the older women characters in here were really strong much like in yeah. Bewitched you know you've got Endora and uh-huh. um the oh my gosh is it Aunt Gladys I I think it might be I'm drawing a blank on her but like they're pretty strong like the there's a lot of like strong older women uh, like roles also too in Bewitched that really kind of carry the show and and I I love yeah. it uh and they and they all get the just star treatment when it comes to like hair, makeup and wardrobe. And it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and I got to say that Hermione Gingle's outfit that she wears, because I'm looking at it on the Pinterest page right now, uh, <laughs> that she wears when he's she's administering the potion to yes. Jimmy Stewart. She, honestly, her outfit reminds me, like, she looks like an aged version of Miss Hannigan from Annie, which yes. I'm totally on board I, for. It's amazing. The little buttons. So and the, I know. I just, I love it. Um, so good. She did God. such a good job. But yeah, the, the looks in this movie are great. The costuming's fantastic. Just, uh, you know, this was made in sort of the, uh, what would you say, like the, the kind of like the twilight of the golden age, you know, like uh, yeah, when things I were really waning. Like um, yeah, but you, 58 you still, would have been. Yeah. Like it Gigi been a was bit coming off, out around this time maybe, but like yeah. things were just, it was, it was really like when things were kind of about to come to a close, but you still get a lot of that. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, just that MGM magic, you know, and, and the, that full, or, uh, you know, just that like big, right. big Hollywood magic that they yes. did with, and like the sets and everything are fantastic. Yeah. Was this, was this MGM? I'm so no, this sorry. Is I'm Columbia. This Columbia. Is Columbia. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But like, yeah, because they, they had those big, like they do the, they have that, um, their film set, the iconic one that's like New York. And that's where they filmed yeah. a lot of the, the, the shots it, that are supposed it, to be It was like filmed on a soundstage. Yeah. It was definitely filmed yeah. on a soundstage from what I've read. So Which, I'm not going to lie, like kind of made me feel a little bit better about that scene where she goes running out into the streets to get pie whacked and she's barefoot. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, like yeah. it just weirded me out. But then no, I was like, Oh, it's a soundstage. But... <laughs> I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, no one's going out in the streets barefoot <laughs> in the snow in New York. He is stunt over that shit. He's stunt. Yeah. Feet. <laughs> feet. She's wearing those. She's wearing like prosthetic feet shoes, yeah. where it's like it looks like feet, but it's actually a and shoe. And even then, that's not foot. enough. Yeah, <laughs> they're like hazmat <laughs> protected. Yeah. It's like, good God, I don't know how people wear flip flops in New York. I'm just oh like, my God. thank you. I don't know how people do no, that in you. San Francisco, much less New York. I, you learn, you learn quick. Yeah, <laughs> don't. Like, it's a Gross. bad idea. Yeah. 
Um, but there, I honestly, this movie was super, super fun to watch, and I recommend yes. it to all of our listeners. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, it's a tough. It's not streaming anywhere, from mm-hmm. what I can see. Um, so that was t- uh, so we ended up lucking out that um, it was streaming on t- uh, Turner Classic Movies while we were he- while you were here. So we watched it a yes. bunch of times. It was um, great. I don't know how much longer it's going to be on there, so get on it if you haven't already watched it. It's I mm-hmm. think it's streaming. I think it's probably going to be coming off of their their website to pretty soon. So, yeah, um, if it hasn't already. So, yeah. um, but you can always find it on DVD. So there's yeah, that. and <laughs> um, you can find the soundtrack, the complete soundtrack to this movie, which is all like uh, it's like a bongos, beatnik, <laughs> Christmassy, oh witchy movie. Uh, uh, music. Oh, it totally and is. It's, it's really like great. Um, it's even Christmas. got the part with her like humming, you know, and, uh, but yeah, oh. I, uh, it's all on YouTube. So I highly recommend putting it on. It almost has like a tiki vibe to it. Um, uh, very fifties, uh, and, um, just, uh, really, um, really fun to listen to and have on the background. So, um, and that's free. Nice. You can get that. There so. you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can't poop on that. Yeah. Well, you um, could, but don't. <laughs> no, you know poop on it at your own risk because it's your own, it's your computer you do what you need to do actually you can poop on it but I wouldn't <laughs> I don't want to yuck anybody's yum right yeah. I mean logistics yes um, so uh, as was there anything else you wanted to cover on this film before I get into Gosh. the before we wrap it up and say goodnight to everybody no, I think I think that's about it. Um, I hope everybody gets to uh, watch it, and to those who recommended it and who have watched oh, it, yeah. and they love it. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Like Philip was saying earlier, uh, it's just so much fun to watch a movie we haven't seen before, and to be able to uh, do the research and and um, read about everybody involved is a real joy. And so, thank you very much. Yes, of course. And as always, you can keep in touch with us on old, on social media, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook, OHR Podcast on Twitter, Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram. You can check out our um, our website, oldhollywoodrealness.com. We'll have a link to our Pinterest page for that, so you can always check out all the photos we pulled together for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you should... Uh, Go ahead and join our Facebook group where we have friends interacting with each other, um, fan, uh, listeners of the show, fans of old movies interacting. It's great. Love seeing all the conversations that are happening back and forth. It's called OHR Podcast Darlings. Um, it's a closed group, so you just have to request it and I'll let you in. Easy peas, fresh and breeze. Um, <laughs> and I want to thank Mr. Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast, always keeping us sounding fresh and profesh. Um, yeah. And one last thing is I would really enjoy it if you guys went over to um, iTunes and give us a five-star review because um, it helps us with visibility, and visibility is important. Um, mm-hmm. Just like our friend Green Teas did. Five stars. One of my <laughs> faves. Um, Green Teas says, I love this podcast so much. I binged all the episodes once I discovered it, and now I never miss an episode. As a movie buff and a lover of fashion costume, their research and antidotes are always fun and an interesting for me. I enjoyed I enjoy the relaxed veal of just two friends discussing their favorite films one costume at a time. I'm like, couldn't have put it better, Green Teas. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so keep those um, keep those uh, iTunes reviews coming. It helps us out so for much. Sure. And tell your friends. Just get them yes. on the old OHR train. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
With that, I'd like to say thank you for listening to OHR. Spooky and dookie. Bye. Test, test, beep, boop. Test, test, beep, boop. Boop, boop, beep, boop.